Amen. When he started talking about the smartest guy in the world, uh, would pale in comparison to our Savior, it reminded me of a verse in John chapter 21, the last verse uh, that John wrote. It said in verse 25, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself, could not contain the books that should be written. Now, my grandson and I are going to go down to Lebanon tomorrow after school and uh, pick up a bookcase, and I'm going to take it home and put some more books on it I don't read. <laughs> and then, according to the Bible, I mean, the whole, this planet couldn't contain, wouldn't even make a bookshelf for the things that Jesus Christ did in three and a half years on his planet. Man, that's the, that's the one to follow. We are tapped into the right thing tonight. Amen. All right. Uh, my wife wasn't here this morning, and, uh, and uh, I uh, told some people, I said, she's not feeling good. She's got the, you know, whatever, the cough, the nasal stuff. I said, if you don't see me, it's possible I am backslid. But if you don't see her, she's sick. Amen. So pray for her. She didn't come back. She was trying to rally uh, so she could be here tonight. And then she found out who was preaching. And she had a relapse. And she still didn't, didn't come. But I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. Take your Bible. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy. I just have to do this. I've never done this. I always wondered what's under there because he's raising it all the time. And I just wonder what's under there. Amen. There, what? Yeah, an epistle. I saw it. So, no, not really. Not really. Amen. First Timothy chapter 6 and, uh, and uh, verse 12. The word of God says this. And Paul, Paul writing, of course, to Timothy. And he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. What we're going to zero in on is the beginning of that verse. It said, fight the good fight of faith. Father, we do come to you once again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thankful that we can do that. Thankful that we're gathered with like-minded believers that are here because of you. If anybody's here for anything else, uh, I hope they get that straightened out. Or they're going to be severely disappointed. People go to church for a lot of reasons. I'm glad to be part of a church where we believe your book. We come to hear what your uh, book has to say, what your spirit bears witness to, in spite of sometimes our feeble efforts. God, please. I don't know everybody in here. If there's somebody in here that's not saved, I pray they would get saved before it's too late. And for the rest of us, Lord, I pray that you'd help me say something that'd be a help to them and a blessing to you. And I pray in Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. I just got to say, when I first read that, I was glad that that was in there. If there's something I got pretty good at before I got saved was fighting. I wasn't a boxer. I wasn't a karate guy. I was a bare knuckle a barroom street brawler, and, uh, and uh, I'm glad I didn't have to sacrifice my manhood to be a Christian. Now, I say that because there's a lot of folks out there that think uh, the Christians are a bunch of wimps. 
And I'll tell you why they think that. Because many are. But I'm going to tell you what I've learned in my experience. Uh, the bravest, the toughest men and women, too, that ever lived had the guts to live for Jesus Christ. And I'm glad to be aboard, amen, uh, with this crew. Amen. I said uh, I learned to fight in the military. And uh, how many know what a DD-214 is? And I know some of you are going to know, and some of you don't. And that's the official federal form uh, that, uh, that's got all your uh, information pertaining to a discharge. Now, there's another thing, and it's uh, another little uh, uh, suitable for framing uh, paper document they give you with an eagle on it in the United States of America and ribbons, and that's your discharge, honorable discharge papers. I don't know what the other kind of discharges have. That I didn't get one of them. But the DD-214 gives all the relevant information, including what your training was and what your training was for. And on mine, under military occupational specialty, it says 11 Bravo to Papa. And uh, that means light weapons infantry, paratrooper qualified. And that's what they trained me for. And thank you for your government tax dollars. Amen. I, we burned up a lot of ammo and uh, learning how to shoot and things. And then, uh, but I don't need you 214. And those of you that have one, if you look in the next column, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you a civilian equivalency, a code that will correspond with, uh, with the unemployment people or employment it, and there'll be a code there, and that tells them what you're trained to do, what all that government expense uh, was, uh, was spent to teach you to do so that it can transfer into a civilian occupation. Follow me? On mine, it says none. So there was no civilian occupation uh, that my skills in the infantry uh, when, that's why I joined a bike gang. It just seemed like it made sense. When I say, let's say this, I'm glad that there's a good fight. I'm glad that we can still fight. I'm glad we got a book that tells us what it is. Amen. And uh, for Paul, the Christian life uh, wasn't a phase. It wasn't a fad. It wasn't a game. It wasn't a social gathering. For Paul, it was a fight. When he came to the end of his life, he says, I have fought a good fight. Now, when I see good fight a couple times, then that tells me that there are fights that aren't good. There's bad fights. And there might be some other causes that may be in and of themselves just in some way, but uh, they'll get you off focus. And the focus is the good fight, and it tells you what it is. It's of faith. For by grace he is saved by faith. The good fight is living in such a way to point a lost and dying world to Jesus Christ. The good fight is living in such a way to encourage other Christians to stand in the evil day. And I like that stuff, and I'm glad that's in there. Amen. Oftentimes, uh, whether it's sometimes in a letter or, or, or even in a, in a phone conversation, remember them? Before tech, remember when people used to, now you don't, you don't, I don't, I don't even know when the last time you talked on a phone. But anyway, uh, amen. he gets up here and he says, I talked to somebody and I talked to somebody. I said, he don't talk to me. I don't know what the deal is. He didn't call me and wish me every Thanksgiving. So I appreciate that. I'm going to go on record. I stand corrected. He's giving me funny looks now, but I'm not going to look at him anymore. Amen. Uh, but I often uh, close off by saying, uh, whether it's conversation or letter, and say, stay in the fight. Yeah. And the reason that's important is because, you know, I've been at this not as long as many of you, 
Uh, but I've been in this long enough to know that uh, everybody uh, isn't on board that once got on board. And there's people that were around for a while. We talked about uh, uh, if there was a virtue that we can expound upon for Miss Betty was that uh, uh, she, 101 years, that girl was living for God, girl. She was old lady when I met her. I was in my 30s, amen. She, I found out she's in her 60s. I thought, ooh, 60's not that old. 70's looking good, as a matter of fact. But she was faithful. She stayed in the good fight. And that's something that a lot of people don't do. And that's worthy of note. Amen. And that's what I want. On Mother, Brother Honstein's headstone over there in Beaver Creek, it says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And that's what the, the family had carved onto that headstone. And I go there and tend that grave sometimes. And uh, I'm thinking, you know, if the Lord tarries, and I hope he don't, but if he does, and they got to put me in the ground somewhere, I hope somebody will be able to say that about me. Yeah. I probably won't get it on my headstone because I've been cleared to be buried at the National Cemetery over in Dayton. And the good thing about that is my wife and I both are, and you'll notice if you ever go over there, there isn't a man and wife grave. It's two up, man. And so whoever dies first goes in the hole first. Wouldn't it be something if the Christian on a, in a marriage got, uh, the Christian died first and the lost person was on top and the trumpet blew and the dead and, I don't know, it's weird. We think weird. That's what, you know, spending a lot of time on the road caused you to think of strange things. But I want to talk to you tonight about the good fight. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. And again, I'm glad that's in there. Now, I've got messages on the good fight and I've got messages, oh, uh, several things, because I like the topic. But tonight, what I want to give you is four reasons, four reasons for you and I to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Now, we live in a day and age where everything's centered around the individual. So point number one is going to be what it'll do for you. Amen. What it'll do for you. And I'll tell you what it'll do. Uh, make it up your mind. Uh, make it a commitment that you're going to get on board and uh, fight the good fight of faith. I keep saying on board. It must be because my pastor was in the Navy and I'm trying to acclimate. I don't know what that's about. But, uh, but uh, uh, the first thing you've got to understand is the good fight of faith will help you develop character. Character is important. I come out, I grew up in northern Ohio, I joined the military at 18, and I didn't have much character. And I'll tell you what, the first thing I learned by having a lot of rules to follow and some challenges, I learned to develop character. We live in a day and age now where even Christians are more concerned with being characters than having it. Amen. That's a good place for an amen. 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 I'll, don't worry, I'll help you. I'll help you. We need to get it on the screen, you know, no, like flashing, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we need character. Character is committing to fight the good fight, uh, regardless of what anybody else is doing and whatever anybody else is doing. It's doing right because it's right. And that's why fellowship's important, because to develop character, you need to be around other people that have it. And you learn some things. But at the end of the day, when you make up your mind, you're going to uh, get with this good fight of faith. Uh, it'll help you do the right thing when you're alone. Amen. And truth of the matter is, you're never alone. Of course, God's always there. Uh, uh, his eyes, uh, well, beholding the evil and the good. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Is that what it says? Uh, beholding the evil and the good. And I'll tell you what, the devil, he's watching too. And we got a lost and dying world. Well, it seems like a lot of times some people, some professing Christians aren't paying attention. 
But I'm going to tell you something. We live in a lost and dying world that's paying attention. And I'll tell you, we're going to make any impact at all. We're going to make any difference at all. We're going to have to develop some character. Now, character is uh, something you're going to need to do things that you don't always want to do. Amen. And, uh, and one of the things that uh, character will help you do is study your Bible. Amen. Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Very important, uh, important verse. Amen. I'm glad God put me in a church where that was emphasized, where my pastor taught unrightly dividing on Sunday school hour for a year. Amen. Matter of fact, I just want to make note, when I left, at the first year I was here, uh, everything, I heard Jacob's name every Sunday school, but I've been gone for a couple months, and today we were talking about Joseph. I took note of that. Amen. Can't wait to get to Leviticus. Amen. That'll be a good. The Lord will be back before then, I'm sure. Amen. Listen, listen, uh, we're supposed to study. It's not a suggestion. Uh, uh, the subject is you. It's implied. It, that makes it a command. We're supposed to study to show ourselves approved unto God. And for some people, that's easy. My wife, my wife is, I call her bookish. Amen. She likes to read. She reads, reads, reads. She reads everything. She's got three or four books Going at a time. Amen. I got one book going, and when I get to the end, I got a note there that says, start over, and I can go back to the beginning. Amen. Uh, but my wife, she was a student. She got a bunch of degrees from college, and she's real smart, and uh, she likes to read and absorbs information. She sneak reads. She's now tell you how bad it is since she's not here. Uh, and she sneak reads. We live most of our life, or most of the year, rather, we live in a motorhome. Motorhome, eight feet wide, ten with the slide out, out, one bathroom, and she naps every day. She does. She developed that many years ago, and uh, that's why she's nice all the time, because she's well-rested, I guess. And, uh, and uh, so she'll go back, and I, I mean, I had to get a handle on this when we got married. There's a period in the afternoon, I have to be quiet. And that's really hard for me to do. And uh, so I'd be sitting at my desk because I got to study and stuff and I got to preach that night and she's back there napping and I get in trouble if, if I make noise and prevent. And she's always in the half of the motor room that has the bathroom. And sometimes as you get older, you know, you just, I don't want to get too deep in that. But uh, there have been times where I just, I said, I can't wait any longer, and I am going to be as quiet as I can be, and I'll try to tiptoe in a motorhome, which is impossible, and I'll open the door quietly, and, and, and she's not sleeping. And I've been agonizing for a half an hour, and worried about waking her up, and she's back there. What's she doing? She's reading. I said, honey, you don't have to pretend you're taking a nap. You can read out here, and then the bathroom's open for the rest of, and you know, but she just laughs. Amen. I wish I was more bookish. I've got a great library. Some of these men have been, uh, uh, women too, I guess, have been to my house. i got all these books. I inherited hundreds and hundreds of books from Brother Hanstein and my wife. She's got a couple hundred of her own. A amen. And, and we've got books. And I had a preacher come to my house and say one time, Brother Spurgeon, you have a very impressive library. I bought lots and lots of books. I get a discount at Bible Baptist Bookstore. I go there every year and buy books, whether I need them or not. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, you got an impressive library. And I went, well, thank you, thank you. And then somebody, they said, have you read all these books? And I went, read them. I thought preachers were just supposed to collect them. I don't, I, 
Hey, I wish I read more. Of all that bad habits I gave up, I wish I'd have had that habit when I was lost because that's of great value. But more importantly than reading uh, biographies of missionaries and things like that, that we're, we're instructed, we're commanded to study the word of God and to be approved unto God anyway, not to be saved, not to keep it. But, uh, and that just doesn't come as easy for me as it does for some. Amen. And so I needed to develop some character. Amen. And I'm getting better. Amen. What are you saying? Uh, a good fight of faith, man. If you're going to get on board, you got you to gotta practice with your weapon. Amen. To maintain proficiency. And let me tell you something else. Weapon proficiency is a perishable skill. So you, you went to Bible school 20 years ago. That doesn't mean you don't still have to stay in that book. That's another good place for an amen. You rescued them just in time, Pastor. Amen. And so, uh, and so I'll tell you something else. And uh, you're going to need character to do this. And here's an area where I have not been as proficient as I should be. And, uh, and that's in prayer. It is so easy to get up and get going and get busy and doing right things and not take the time to pray. And I'm not talking about the laundry list. I'm talking about really trying to communicate with God. And that's something I've been trying to uh, do better at for the whole 33 years I've been saved. By the way, Thursday is my 33rd uh, uh, spiritual birthday. Amen. Amen. No cake, no cards. I just like bragging on the fact that Jesus Christ saved me. I love that. Amen. I celebrate that. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what, it's important to pray. There's a song in that hymnal called Sweet Hour of Prayer. That's not like monthly. Amen. You follow me? Amen. We need to pray more, pray more proficiently. Uh, I, I was in Bible school, and one of the guys asked, uh, asked the instructor, how do you learn to pray? And I'll never forget what he said. I forgot a lot of things, but I, I'll never forget what he said. I've been saved year two, and uh, he said, you go into a room, and you can sit on the bed, you can kneel, you can sit in a chair, but go into a room by yourself, shut the door, and just start talking to God like he's in there with you. Because he's in there with you. And that's how you learn to pray. Amen. And you just start communicating with the Lord. Amen. We're the ones that make it hard. Amen. Sometimes, and I see this over and over, and sometimes people do good for a while, and then they seem to slack off. Uh, we need character just to come to church faithfully. A religionist punched the clock once or twice a week. Some of them more faithful than we are. But it's important. Brother Eastep told us, he said this early on in my Christian life. David, if you want to make it, three things. If you want to make it, now I wasn't talking about making it to heaven. That was already settled. Amen. When I got saved in that jail cell, I'm no more saved now than I was then. And, uh, but if you want to make it, in other words, finish your course. He said three things, stay in the book, stay on your knees, and stay in church. So stay in the book. I got this book. I haven't read anything but a Harley manual in, in, in 15 years, and, uh, and now I'm supposed to open that book and have any clue, and I didn't have any clue, and I'd open it, and I'd start reading, and I'd get to Leviticus, for example, or late in Exodus, and I, my head's spinning, and I'm out there trying to find something to do. 
And then I'd pick it up another time in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, and I got no idea what's going on. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. I started going to church. You know what I learned? I learned to rightly divide. I learned uh, what was meant for me. I learned, oh, I learned how to read the Bible. Amen. And uh, I didn't know much about prayer. Uh, I didn't know anything about prayer except for the one all convicts know and too many Christians' prayer life limited to help. And we're all good about praying for help. We ask God to help our family get right and our wife and our husband and our kids and our finances and our health. And, and uh, I guess it's like, well, once I get all my ducks in a row, then, uh, then I'll start praying. No, that ain't how it works. But I got to a little church and we took prayer requests. And I got to a little church where people prayed for one another. And I learned. I needed a lot and I still do. But I learned that uh, you're supposed to return the favor. And I hear prayer requests going out. Now I look at them and listen to them, and I'm going, boy, you need to take that person's prayer request like it was your own, like you want people to take yours. It's not just part of the ritual. Forget the ritual. But I'm going to tell you what. Now, this stuff ain't deep, and it ain't complicated, but we've got an enemy within that isn't concerned with uh, spiritual things, isn't concerned with setting its affection on things above, isn't concerned with maturing uh, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, mainly just wants to please itself. And sometimes that's a fight. And I don't know when the fight stopped. I'm still fighting. But I've made a lot of progress for a lot of reasons. And, and a big part of it is just being around other people that are fighting too. But uh, fighting the good fight, making a commitment to fight the good fight of faith will do some things for you, whether you feel like it or not. I heard a story about the woman uh, who, uh, who uh, uh, let her son, let her adult son move in. And uh, said, there's one stipulation. Uh, you got to go to church. And he, he said, okay, because they needed a place to live. And then a Sunday came. Sunday came, and uh, the woman's getting ready to go to church, and uh, she don't hear no stirring upstairs. And she hollers up at her son, said, wake up, wake up, uh, we're, it's time to get ready for church. And he hollered back down and said, I'm not going. And she said, oh, yes, you are. Yeah, that was part of the agreement, that was part of the deal. You move into this house, you're going to church. And the guy says, I don't want to go to church. No one likes me. And she said, I don't care if they like you or not, you're going to church. She goes, I don't feel like going to church. And the woman said, you better get, get up and get ready. You're the pastor and you have to be there. Yeah. What am I saying? Uh, you just mark this thing down. It's what we do. I'm going to tell you a conversation my wife and I have never had. Honey, do you feel like going to church this, today? Do you feel like going to revival uh, tonight? I'm afraid what she would do if I ever even, if she thought she married somebody that thought like that. Yeah. But I will tell you this, you've got to develop a little character to get that kind of mindset nailed down. And fighting the good fight of faith, we'll do that. Now you can go to church and you can get reading your Bible and you can get praying and you can get, uh, 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 yeah, all that, those three things. You can get them done, but there's something else we're supposed to do. We're supposed to witness. Amen. Amen. You guys have a beautiful track rack out there. That's not part of the Baptist church furniture. Yeah, those are to be distributed. Say, well, they cost money. We'll get more. Amen. You should carry track. You should pray about opportunities. 
to witness about open doors. My wife and I give out so many tracts. It's so easy. We invite them all to come. Nobody has yet, but someday they will. Amen. And you know how that works. If you're faithful to witness, God will bring somebody you never crossed their path, but he'll do that to reward you for your obedience and your labor. Amen. But sometimes, I, listen, listen, I'm not a super soul winner. Amen. I know people that are really good at it, but I can hand out a track. I can invite a person to church, and so can you. Amen. I've heard this story, I don't know, several times uh, as in the course of being on the road where somebody would come to me and say, Brother Spurgeon, I was at a gas station. I was at a gas station fueling my car. Once it was a woman, and one time it was a guy. And, uh, and I was sitting there minding my own business, and I hear it, man. All of a sudden, all this noise, this Harley rides in. Harley pulls up to a pump, big, loud motorcycle. And the guy's got all this hair and all this beard and all these tattoos, and uh, he's a pretty dedicated Harley guy. And he pulls in next to another pump, and, uh, and this woman, she said, Brother Spurgeon, I was terrified. I was scared to death, but I know the Holy Spirit wanted me to give him one of your tracks. And I had one in the glove compartment. And I'm looking at that guy, and I was scared, and, I'm, and I know what God wants me to do. So I started praying. I started praying, God, uh, I'm going to do what you said, but would you please Give my husband a good Christian woman uh, to raise my children when I get assassinated today. Amen. Things like that. I've heard people just, and, and so I'm listening, I'm listening, because I know how it goes. And she said, I summed up the courage, and I, you know, walked over there, and I said, sir, can I give you something to read? And he turned around, and he looked at me, and he said, thanks. If she'd have died that day, it was because... The heart attack she had had to do with getting a response she didn't expect. Listen, in all my years riding with the bike clubs and 30 years since, I can't remember anybody being executed at a gas pump for handing out anybody. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes you just need to get over the fear. You don't know what seed has been sowed, what seed has been watered. You don't know where people were raised. You don't know. What a track at whatever time God orchestrated for your path to cross somebody you don't know. Don't miss that. Amen. But uh, that's part of the good fight, and you need character to do that. And to my shame, I've gotten busy and went out without track. I've run out, but I've gone out, and, and I'm busy just like you. And I tell you what, the Lord smites my heart, and you don't ever want to get to where you're not sensitive to that. And you ask God to forgive you, and you stock up, and you go out looking for opportunity. I think sometimes we're afraid we're going to have opportunity. <laughs> Amen. God, Lord, let me, let me get put a track somewhere. Hey, my wife and I, when we leave here, sometimes we go up there, go through Arby's, and I'll put a $3 tip in a gospel track to whoever hand us our food. I'll tip them at the drive-thru, said, let me give you something to read. We go to a little church right around the corner here. I'd like to invite you here. Get a cup of coffee. I appreciate you working for a living. You wouldn't believe the response we get. Sometimes we're so stinking tight that we won't come off a dollar to maybe get somebody to read a track. If you're a tightwad, if you don't tip at restaurants, don't give them my track. Don't give me a bad name. Don't give one with Anchor Baptist Church on it. Amen. 
Amen. So we're talking about we're talking about the good fight of faith. I'm, it's, this is simple stuff. This isn't hard stuff. This ain't deep stuff. It's just stuff that will go by the wayside if we just don't make a point, make a commitment to address. Amen. It'll do some things for you. Amen. That was number one. Number two, if you'll commit to fight the good fight of faith, It'll do some things for other Christians. Take your Bible. Go to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And look with me in verse 12. You're not far from there, I reckon. And uh, so Paul, again, talking to Timothy, says this. Verse 12. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers... Uh, in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. It doesn't say or, 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 or. It says we're supposed to be an example in all those areas. It ain't pick one. Amen? I'm telling you something, if you make a point, if you look at this the way I'm trying to get you to, and you'll make a point to sign up for the good fight of faith, you know what? It'll do some things for you. It'll do some things for other Christians. What? You'll be a good example. You'll be a good example. I'm glad God put some folks in my life early on as a Christian that were good examples of people that were fighting the good fight. I needed it. And uh, I didn't figure this out. I'm not, I don't consider myself very spiritual. I didn't end up uh, a Bible believer or, 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 or Bible school or, or in the ministry all these years because of some spiritual, I mean, God had just handed it to me by putting me in the right place with the right crowd. Man, I couldn't have missed this unless I just, you know, went back to where I came from. God put some people in my life, and they're still there, that are excited about what God has done for them. What a blessing it was to be here Tuesday night, just to hear people thanking God, bragging on, on the Lord. Amen. That could have went on for days. Amen. But I tell you what, it's not a one-year, uh, once-a-year event. It's something we need to partake of daily. Being thankful. It's all over your New Testament. Amen. I like to be around people that are that are never got over what God's done. And I like to be around people that are excited about what God's doing. Because God's doing stuff. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I do that. I've done that. I wish I did it more. Because I've seen God do stuff nobody could take credit for. Amen. Not the world, not the flesh, not the devil, not the scholars, not the doctors, nobody. I've seen God do stuff. That's what I like. Amen. And uh, amen. So that's what, if you'll fight the good fight of faith, if you'll sign up, you know, you'll get to be that good example for someone else. That's what Paul told Timothy. Be thou an example. I'll tell you what else it'll do. Romans 15 and verse 2 says this. Let every one of us please his neighbor uh, uh, for his good to edification. If you'll fight the good fight, not only will you be a good example, the kind of example you should be, and all those things on that list, uh, you'll edify people. Amen. Edify, it's not a word I ever used before I read it in the Bible, but it means to build up. It means to build up as opposed to tear down. 
Amen. There's too much of that going on. I'm talking about within the body of Christ. I preached one time and I made up a word and uh, I said, you're supposed to edify, not deadify. And of course, later, my wife pointed out that deadify is not a word. It's it, though. Evangelists are allowed to do that. Preachers are allowed to make up words, right? And uh, the only difference between me and everybody else is God makes me tell on myself. Because I've, I've seen guys say stuff from the pulpit and I'm going, that, that ain't right. <laughs> and they don't ever fess up. He makes me fess up. I was a con artist before I got saved. I guess I was something. And I don't want to be that anymore. Amen. And uh, I want to encourage. I want to edify. Amen. That don't mean be a sissy. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse, um, verse 1 and verses, I guess for, it's not verse 32. It's up a couple verses from that. And it says, uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. So the word is defined within the verse. And if it don't minister grace, if it ain't going to build up, then you need to shut up. Amen. That, that rhymed. I like that. That's good. Amen. And uh, it says in Romans 14, 19, let us therefore follow after the things uh, which make for peace and things wherewith, wherewith one may edify one another. And if you're getting a good fight of faith, it ain't going to be all about you and how you think and what you want and what your opinion is. That's what gets us in trouble. And the preacher brought, brings it out often, not just today, but that's the root of pride. And pride is the pride. Only by pride cometh contention. I know that proved to be true in my life. And I got a King James Bible that says that goes for you too. Hot shot. Amen. We're guilty. So let's just get all on the same side and fight the good fight of faith for the glory of Jesus Christ. See what happens. I just wonder what might happen. Well, I know what happens because I'm in a place where that's going on more than others. <laughs> other places. Amen. All right, so uh, you fighting the good fight of faith will do some things for you. It'll do some things for other Christians. But I got to warn you, I got to warn you uh, on that topic, on other Christians, you fighting the good fight of faith, uh, amen, will also not just be an example or, or edify, it will expose. Say, so what do you mean? It will expose areas, attitudes, and actions in the lives of other Christians uh, that aren't what they should be. In other words, if you'll purpose in your heart to, heart to fight the good fight of faith, it will bring conviction upon our, our brothers and sisters that may be saved and love Jesus, but they're not nowhere near the good fight of faith. Amen. And I just got to warn you, nobody's going to thank you for putting, you, putting them under conviction. Nobody likes that. Amen. Matter of fact, it'll probably get you labeled a Pharisee. If you have some standards, you have some convictions, amen, you might get labeled a legalist. <laughs> Somebody asked me that one time, Brother Spurgeon, are you a legalist? I went, boy, that's one word I never thought anybody would call an old outlaw like me. I said, I don't know about that, but are, are you an illegalist? Amen. Are you just going against the grain because of your stinking rebel? Amen. Carnal nature? Because that thing's alive and well. You better keep that thing down. Amen. We're supposed to edify one another. And if uh, what I'm doing don't edify you, 
You know, the old saying, somebody said, I don't, I might not get it right because I'm not a cat person. That was as gently as I could say that. But if you're rubbing the cat and the fur's going the wrong way, you might need to turn the cat around. Did you get that? Did I say that right? Did that make any? I'm going to scratch that from, oh, it wasn't in my notes, but I'm going to leave it out next time. Sometimes we're the ones who need to do a little self-examination when things uh, go get us a little upset. Amen. And uh, it's not popular to put people under conviction, but it's important. And I'll tell you why. That book says in Proverbs 27:17, iron sharpeneth iron. Amen. And so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And I'll tell you what, if you ever sharpened anything, Ben, you'll know that that sometimes causes friction. I guess every time causes a little friction. But at the end of the thing, whatever you're sharpening is sharper, and I need sharpening. Amen. I can get pretty dull. Amen. So can you. Amen. And that's what we're supposed to do. And so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And sometimes we butt heads. Well, that's because we all got heads. That's because we're individuals. And God set it up that way. And if we can get through it scripturally, then he gets the glory. But if we're just going to be bullheaded, thinking that we're going to bring some glory to ourselves, that isn't what we're bringing to ourselves. Amen. We're sure not doing nothing for the cause of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, uh, and uh, fight the good fight of faith for what it'll do for other Christians. And now, what about, uh, what about a lost and dying world? You and I, we're here for them. And uh, if you and I will commit to the good fight of faith, it, it, it will... It will <laughs> Well, there's some things it'll do for a lost and dying world. They need us to fight the good fight of faith. They don't know it. They don't know what it is. They don't appreciate it. <coughs> they don't like it. We're street preaching, uh, I don't know, sometime this summer, and uh, we're wrapping it up, and I'm going across the street, and this guy pulls up on some little moped-looking jet bike, and uh, was that racist? I didn't mean for it to be. And he pulled up, and he's got big muscles and everything, and he's ring, ring. And uh, I'm in the middle of the crosswalk and broke every rule of street preaching, and I tried to hand the guy a track. And he knew sign language, too. Not the kind Josh was taking in school, but he gave me some sign language, and I just pressed on and stepped closer and said, come on, man, this won't hurt you. And he pointed out this big devil-looking head on his arm, that tattoo. You were there. You were there. Some of you were there. And Jonathan, you were there going, oh, no, I'm never taking him out again. And he, you know, made some threats, and, next, well, he left very unhappy. Amen. And why? Because I'm trying to give him the truth, something to help him. I didn't get in his face. I didn't yell at him. Trying to get, but people don't like it. But, boy, that can't stop us, brethren, because they need it. We're the witness. Amen. Amen. I remember when uh, Brother Tom Gretchen came to the Montgomery County Jail 33 years ago. He came down to that jail, and uh, I was in there just to get out of my cell, and, uh, and uh, he comes in with a Bible. He says, we're going to see what the Bible says about you. And uh, he opened it to Romans uh, 3.23, and I thought, all of sin? I said, wow, it didn't take long <laughs> to find me. I knew I was a sinner. I worked at it. I, I was working on my doctorate in sin. Amen. Might have got it, too. I had another year. I lived through it. I remember thinking he started preaching on hell. He started preaching on Luke 16. And, and I'm not listening to what he's saying. There ain't no preacher going to scare me. And none has yet. 
But I'll tell you what, the book says the truth will make you free. And freedom is something I was interested in. But I'm going to tell you what, coming where I come from and coming from this lost and dying world, rather than hearing what he was saying, I'm going to tell you what I was doing. I was trying to figure out what his angle was. What's his agenda? Nobody out there does anything without an agenda. Not where I come from. And I tried to figure him out. Now, why is this guy here at the jail at uh, 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning? And what's he got to gain from it? And, uh, but I figured him out. I didn't get to be where I was uh, uh, on the street without being real good at figuring people out. And I figured, I figured Tom Gresham out in five minutes. Amen. I'm going to tell you what I figured out. This guy really believes that people die and go to hell without Jesus Christ. I didn't believe that. I didn't have an opinion on it. Uh, 41 guys I buried in the bike clubs, I said, I'll see you in hell, brother. And I was right. And that's probably where most of them are. Maybe some of them got saved. I don't know. But, uh, but uh, he, he stood up there and opened that book, and he sure wasn't getting an offering from us. And I don't know what, I couldn't figure it out. I tried to figure it out. And I was good at reading people. And I said, this guy really believes what this, uh, what this Bible says about heaven and hell and Jesus Christ on the cross. I was raised in a Christian home. I mean, I wasn't saved, but I, I'd heard that stuff before. I was like a Catholic. I knew who Jesus was. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, when I saw that he wasn't running some kind of con, then I started listening to what he was saying. And then I heard about the lake of fire. And then I heard about all those things. And people are critical. People are skeptical. And there's no marvel. Uh, listen, society, American society has been lied to by, by, by Hollywood and by religion and by politics so long. They don't know what to believe. They just figure everybody's lying. They figure everybody's got an angle. Amen. And I tell that say this. If you're ever going to make a difference, whether it's at the jail or at work or on the street, if you're ever going to make a difference, if you're ever going to make an impact in anybody's life for the cause of Jesus Christ, you better walk it like you talk it 24-7 because they're going to want to see what your angle is. Amen. And they better see that it's real to you. That's why I said the other night. Uh, on, on Testimony Tuesday about this church. I just need to be around people uh, who it's real to. And some of you I've known 30 years. I know what you believe. Amen. That's why I'm comfortable here. That's why my wife and I are comfortable here because this is real. I got no game left in me. I spent enough time in social organizations. They're kind of anti-social organizations. I got no time for that kind of stuff. I just want to be where it's true. Amen. And so if you and I will commit to the good fight of faith, amen, we can make a difference. And preacher said it this morning. And I don't get it, but, uh, but uh, we're only hope they got. Now, the thing about that is, I think about that, and you'll hear people talk, well, when I get to heaven, I want to talk to Paul, and I want to talk to Abraham, and, you know, and things like that. And I thought to myself, and of course, all that foolishness, I mean, we ain't gonna, that ain't going to be what's on our mind when we get there. We're going to know what we need to know. We're going to be changed. And uh, I'm still looking forward to seeing them, guys, but don't get me wrong, but I'm going to tell you this. I, I say that, like, for this reason. If I had a question, for the Lord Jesus Christ, when I get there, this is what it would be. Why did you leave such an important commission? The glorious gospel? 
in the hands of us. My Bible says man in his best state is altogether vanity. Now, I'm not going to be asking him that, uh, uh, but if I had a question, that comes to my mind. Because while I say that, say this. Our responsibility to this world, the one that he saved you out of, and to him, is pretty serious business. And that's why Paul talked about it like a fight. Don't say nothing about playing no games. I'll tell you what, it got him executed. You know what he said about it? Uh, for the... Uh, for I'm now ready to be offered the time of my departure is at hand. Amen. I'm ready too. But I want to go out with my boots on, brother. I want to go out doing right. I want to go out from a church pew or from a pulpit or on my way somewhere. Don't you? Amen. All right. So we're talking about the good fight of faith. And I gave you three things. And it'll do some things for you. And it'll do some things for other Christians if you take it seriously, and it'll do some things for a lost and dying world. But I did say four things. So I'm going to wrap it up with this right here. Uh, last but not least, you fight the good fight of faith because of what it'll do for God. It'll do something for God. First Samuel 15, 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. We live in a day and age where it affects infects. Too many believers, the end justifies the means. What are we going to do? That is not how God operates at all. God is not concerned with the end. He's in control of the end. What he's interested in is, if, is in his, if his children will do it his way, will do what he said or not. That's what brings him glory. Amen? And we need to just do what we're supposed to do instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and improve. I travel around. I see I've talked to a lot of preachers. We get into conversations, and uh, some of them come up with some deep stuff, man. And I don't know what's right or what's wrong. I just know this. How is that going to help anybody? Buddy Blanco used to say, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that works. Amen? All that, uh, some of that other stuff is fun, but don't let it uh, get you off track. God says, this is what God said. I want you to do it this way. I want you to live this way. I want you to witness this way. I want you to get this out of your life and get this in your life. And uh, he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. The biggest thing, man, that Jesus Christ left by way of commandment was if you treat each other right, They'll wonder what's going on. And when they ask, you tell them, it was me. It was him. Got it? Yeah. All right, so God likes it when we do it. It says, it, and I'm making this up, it says great delight. And, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 15 and verse 10 says this. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Listen, if you'll get on board with this thing, people will get saved. It will happen. People will get, you understand? Sinners will come to repentance. People will come to Christ. That makes God happy. Amen. Am I reading that right? Yeah. yeah, I am. Amen. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, uh, let me see. I'll read it again. Likewise, I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God 
That's God in the presence of the angels. Do you get that? Amen. Um, uh, over one sinner that repenteth. It was said this morning, it'll, it's true. We're sinners saved by grace. Looks to me like God likes it when we get right. Amen. Just like when people get saved. And what'll keep a Christian from getting right with God, getting past some bitterness, getting victory over, admitting to God, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all Amen. unrighteousness. We want to get honest with God and go to him for help sometimes because of our what? Stinking pride. Amen. 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 Oh, for one sinner that cometh to repentance, he likes it when people... Pay attention to the preaching. When people yield to the Holy Spirit, when people act, when the Holy Spirit is going, hey, dummy, I don't know how he talks to you. He talks to me like that. Hey, dummy, I'm going, yes, sir. Amen, I'm glad I do. Amen, he likes it. And then I'll tell you what, uh, uh, maybe uh, you haven't uh, been fighting the good, maybe you never looked at it this way. Maybe that's why I got, I had something else in mind. That was a nice flowery, message you would have felt so much better about yourself. God wouldn't let me preach that. Amen. You know, the problem with uh, Christians today is they feel too good about themselves already. Amen. <laughs> you guys, well, never mind. Um, so let me say, if, 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 if you haven't been fighting the good fight and you've been satisfied with the sidelines, how boring Amen. is that? No wonder, no wonder people... Uh, come, we've seen a lot of, we call it a flash in the pan. Come in for a while and uh, don't learn to run the race with patience. And, and next thing you know, amen, because they don't get involved. They just want to. Somebody said one, years ago about outlaws, they said, outlaws are like children. <laughs> They're easily amused, but they have a short attention span. You wait, you wait, December 27th, some of the stuff that your kid was so excited about on Christmas Day will be over in the corner somewhere. They have a short attention span. Uh, uh, they're easily amused, but they have a short, let me tell you something, it ain't just children and it ain't just outlaws. Christians are easily amused, but they have a short attention span. I'm trying to encourage you, get in on the good fight. Get off the sidelines. Quit letting other people fight. Don't you love testimony? Don't you love your pastor's enthusiasm and excitement? I do. I do. Amen. I love it when people give testimony. I like it when they bring a report from the jail. I like it. Amen. Maybe you should like it more too. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know what? If you're letting others fight the good fight, you're just punching the clock. We need to get a time clock in the before you clock in, clock out. That way, when you get the judgment seat, you can give your time card to the Lord. I did say that in a church in New York one time. Anyway, uh, uh, God, here's what God says about that. Enough. Listen, we're in the minority amongst professing believers. It's time for us to get involved we're behind enemy lines, we're surrounded, and we're waiting for the cavalry. Amen? So what are we going to do till we get there? Hide? Why'd you even come if, you, if you're not here to fight? Oh, so well, I didn't understand all that was attached. No, you just wanted to take the best God had to offer, the gift of eternal life that came, the most expensive gift that ever Ever could be purchased, the blood of God, Acts 20, and not realize there, 
you know, you don't have to do anything to be saved, get saved, but there's some, you got some obligation here. And if you look at it right, let me tell you something. It's fun. It's fun. Amen. All right. All right. That'll make God happy. And I found this out about God. You make him happy. He tells you things that he's pleased with. He'll make you happy. Everybody wants to be happy. Uh, God makes me happier than anybody. Amen. He'll do the same for you. Let's all stand. Wake up first, then stand. Put your feet asleep. Altars open, all that kind of stuff we got to say. Amen. And then uh, let me just say this. I've been preaching to Christians all night. And maybe you're in here and you're not one. And I'm not going to assume that. I will say this. Churches around America are full of good people. Good people, nice people. Some of them are friendlier than you guys. Well, I don't know. You guys are pretty friendly. But I'm just saying, people go to hell from a church pew just the same as they do from a bar stool. And if you've made it into our midst this night or ever, and you're not saved, you're not born again, you don't have the confidence that we talk about, you don't have the assurance. Preacher mentioned this morning, 1 John 5, you can know. If you don't have that, you can have that. I don't know why you'd want to go another day without it. And there's a danger to putting it off. It says, boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I got plans. I got to go to the VA a couple times this week. But uh, if the Lord interrupts that with my last breath, I do have a guarantee of where I'll go. Amen. Amen. And I have a guarantee of where I won't go. And none of it has to do with getting a haircut and putting a suit on, boy. It all has to do with Jesus Christ. If he's not your Savior, you might know about him here. Time to move him down. Time to get a hold of it. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. I got a lot of regrets, but getting saved ain't one of them. Amen. If you need to come, come. You know somebody in there is not saved, you should be praying for them. Amen. I'm, an old, I'm a fan of the old-fashioned altar call. And you guys do that better in some places, but boy, don't you let, don't you let anything steal that from you. If the Lord knocks on your heart, respond. Amen. Where's the preacher? There he is. Well, one of them. <laughs>